Welcome to the Sober Podcast, part of the Soberverse, created by the team at the Sober Network. The Sober Network has engaged in revolutionizing the treatment industry by creating its own token economy. We offer fresh ideas to an industry that has relied on dated interventions. We are responsive to a new generation of substance users who are attached to their phones so we can impact massive social change. Our unmatched technology displays solutions of our various brands, demonstrating a thorough understanding of how we get things done. We are proving that technology, along with incentivized human accountability, provides measurable and positive outcomes. Visit us at SoberNetwork.com. Welcome to the Sober Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Brickhouse, and our Sober Liberty guest today is Saya Nelson. She's joining us from Denver, Colorado. She's the mother of three and works on the board of Valor Rising, which is a nonprofit supporting fitness within recovery. And uh, so uh, because of that, our today, our topic today is how I use fitness to fuel my recovery. Thank you for joining us on Sober Podcast, Saya. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm glad you're on. And this is a, I, I like this topic a lot because um, it was a, a fitness was, became a, a part of my sobriety or sobriety became part of my fitness. You know, I don't know which is, <laughs> which is which. So since getting sober in 2015, did fitness fall into line with, um, with getting sober or was it something that was always uh, a part of your life? Uh, I think the easy answer is it was always a part of my life, but so was everything else until I let alcohol drown everything else away. Yeah. Um, so I grew up playing sports. I played three sports all through high school. Uh, I was always very active, but I think when I got sober, it was, it was almost that what am I going to do with my time part? And then also I have, if I'm going to take care of myself, I'm going to take care of myself. Yeah. Did the, um, how long did you, uh, drink? How, how long were you actively, you know, um, using? I think the easy answer is, you know, 20 years, I had 15, 20 years. I got sober at 33. So I think the last eight months, we had just moved out here from Chicago in August of 2014. So, And you're in Denver, was, right? Yeah. So it was a quick eight-month downward spiral. So that was really 
kind of the catalyst into sobriety was that time period. And did um, did your did the fitness go by the wayside? Yeah, a lot. Again, a lot of life went by the wayside. But right. uh, after I had kids, you know, I worked all the time. A lot of stuff. In, in terms of taking care of myself, just kind of fell back. And then when I got sober, I, I really worked to put in that analogy about taking care, you know, putting the oxygen mask on myself first. I have to take care of myself first mm-hmm. before I take care of anyone else. So that is a lot of fitness, the fitness part for me. Yeah. So tell us about your um, fitness journey uh, since you've been sober. How, how long have you been sober now? I just celebrated eight years on April 10th. So congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so really it, it became, uh, where I needed to come up with a routine that worked well for me. And for me, that has always been early morning. Um, my partner wakes me up. He gets up at three, makes coffee for us. We get up together. We do a morning routine of prayer and meditation, and then I'm off to the gym. So I'm at the gym by five. Yeah. And it just, wow, you are early. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I had this conversation with someone over the weekend, but if I don't put myself first in the morning, then I'm putting myself last at the end of the day. And right. I'm gonna I'm, I like to when when they're good nuggets like that, I like to repeat them. So um if I if I don't put myself first in the morning, then I'm gonna put myself last mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. And it just has been that way. It's worked really well for me. It's worked well for my routine. You know, I, I think I'm a lot of us in recovery uh, function well on routine, yes. <laughs> whether that's <laughs> or not. So it's been really important for me to stay on that. And, uh, you know, I just I, I feel functional when I take when I do that, when I take care of my own well-being, then I feel like I can get home, help my kids get ready for school and get on with the day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, fitness and healthy eating can sometimes be overlooked in recovery. And, you know, and, you know, we, we, uh, for a lot of alcoholics and addicts, um, you know, the sweet tooth comes back and, um, and we start eating all the sweets and there are a lot of, you know, sober meetings that have, uh, have a lot out there. And, and, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it just go, you know, people are like, oh, I don't know, I shouldn't do that. And, but it's like, well, just in early sobriety, just go for it. You know, it's better you're eating that than, than drinking. But then after a while, and I found this to be true, you got to, okay, you got to pull back um, um, if you're overindulging in that stuff. So what advice would you give to those who are getting sober and don't know anything about staying fit and healthy? Honestly, I think it's a lot like recovery and, and it's really taking it one day at a time. You know, I, my partner is a personal trainer and people come to him and say, I want to look like. Phil Heath today. And he's like, that's cool. Cause it didn't take Phil Heath one day to look like him. So I think really focusing on what can I do today to take care of myself? And, and especially early in sobriety, I was going through a divorce. I was a thousand miles away from anyone in my family. Mm-hmm. I didn't know out here. So really being able to just focus on what can I do today? And asking for help, you know, a lot of, a lot of what I learned in early recovery was being able to say, I need help. And that goes far more than just help with staying sober. It's help with my kids. It's help with fitness. It's help with a meal plan. It's all of those pieces. 
What about, are there, um, uh, and I've just, I don't know. I asked this question with absolutely no knowledge of the answer because, uh, but I'm thinking it's, it surely it exists and it's a great idea. Are there sober, um, you know, fitness groups or, uh, workout buddies, or is there a way to find, like, if you're really serious about fitness, but you want to, you want to do it just like you're getting sober, you want to do it with someone else. You want to have a partner, you want to have a, a mentor, a friend. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are, uh, you know, nationally, I know that the Phoenix started here in Denver and they are, you know, a, a fitness centered recovery. And so they have meetings and they have, a gym facility and they have groups and classes where people can go to and, and meet and that and I and I did go to those at the beginning of sobriety and that was really important for me I was with other people who were trying their damnedest just to do better so that was helpful yeah and uh, you're on the board of Valor Rising uh, which is a, a non-profit support supporting fitness within recovery tell us about what do they do and how does that work so, um, Valor Fitness Clothing is a clothing line geared towards recovery. So uh, out of that, the founder, Jim, uh, created Valor Rising. And we do a lot of community-based recovery work. Uh, in L.A., that's where he's based. He does, um, like, you know classes on the beach and, um, hikes and, you know, community things. Mm -hmm. He actually, uh, just mailed me clothes that we get to go deliver downtown Denver this Saturday. My kids, some other friends in recovery, um, will pack some sack lunches and water bottles. And we have done this probably eight or nine times where he'll send clothes. And so Valor's whole premise is, every item purchased, an item is donated. So that's what he does. So he'll, he'll send those to me so we can donate them. So that was really how I got in, in contact with them and, and everything they do. The goal for Valor Rising is to open recovery-based gyms where we can have meetings and community and, um, you know, you hear it over and over, but the opposite of addiction is connection. And I think so many of us know that and how do we get there? So that's a big, that's a big part of what. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great way to connect through, you know, in gyms and recovery, you know, um, uh, because I mean, I, I, I go to, I work out fairly often, but um, yeah, it would be great to, to, um, to know that I was with uh, sober buddies. Cause there's just, you know, we all speak the same language. Yeah. Right. Well, we're going to um, take a quick commercial break, stick with us and we'll be back in a few seconds. Hi, I'm Sonia, the founder of Everbloom. We help you change your relationship with alcohol through connection and conversation. We provide small group meetings where you can share your story and get the encouragement and support you need to achieve your goals. Whatever your goals are, we're a judgment-free space. You can find us at joineverbloom.com, B-L-U-M-E, and try us out with a free meeting. And let's get back to our guest. Say, uh, and we're discussing uh, fitness in recovery. So, what's your favorite routine and why? So, you 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 mentioned early at the top of the interview that you you like to get it, you do it early, very early in the morning. Um, tell us what it. And you you said you and your partner uh, meditate, um, and then you head to the gym. But and then what's next once you get to the gym? 
So um, we go to separate gyms. He trains people starting at five in the morning at the gym that he works out of. So he goes there and I usually go to the gym just down the road from our house and it's, it's weights for me. Um, you know, I, nothing makes me feel more empowered than lifting weights. And when I first got sober, someone said to me, you know, well, don't trade one addiction for another. And much like you said earlier, um, you know, I, I will take the gym over a bottle of vodka any day. And so it, it has become a, a routine for me where I, I have it listed everything listed out Monday through Friday, what I do. And I stick pretty regimented to that just because it works well for me. I feel better. I feel empowered. I feel, um, you know, I don't care what anyone else thinks about me at the gym, but I just take care of myself. And, and it's, um, it's been pretty, a pretty important part of my recovery. Yeah. And do you, are you, a, do you go to meetings? I do. Yep. Yeah. And, um, and I how go does to, that fit in your daily routine? Uh, I go to at least a meeting a day on the weekends. We do about two or three, but um, it's a 5.30 meeting almost every night. I actually also get to participate with a group every Thursday night, a bunch of guys who have been doing this for 30 years. Um, they call it the Rat Pack, and we go to dinner and then a meeting together. And it's somewhere in the Denver metro area to support groups that need help. So smaller groups, groups that are just getting started. And it's amazing. Uh, one time at the table, there were nine of us and there was 210 years of sobriety. Oh, so no. I feel, I always feel honored to be a part of that group. And I always have the least amount of sobriety. So I really appreciate it. Yeah. Now, this is a, this is a great conversation to be having for me because I, um, during the, the, I go to the gym and, and do weights and, um, and I also run and I run often on, uh, over, you know, since college, um, sometimes off for a long time. And when I was <laughs> completely off, um, the only thing I ran to was a drink. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and then during the pandemic, during the shutdown, uh, I had gotten pretty fit and, you know, and didn't want to lose that momentum. And so I, I ran every day and got, and got seriously, you know, and, you know, was running up to five miles a day, but I also got into pie baking. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> making a pie a week and people were like, Oh my God, how are you not, you know, how are you not enormous? And I said, well, I run five miles every day and I don't, I don't eat the pie in one sitting, you know, it's like a slice at night. Um, but now I've had, uh, uh, I recently had a foot surgery in January and it's a long foot surgery is a long recovery. Uh, so I still can't run, um, you know, and, uh, and, and I've gained weight, um, but I can't, but the, but the beauty is that I really can't stand on my feet long. So I haven't been baking a lot of pies, so <laughs> kind of evening kind of out a little, <laughs> but I guess my point is, is with anything and with, with, with recovery is when you, um, is balance, right? Yeah. Right. You know, like you're able to, you know, eat some of the sweets, but also have the workout routine uh, and of course, you know, have your supporting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, you know, in the bigger picture, that includes family time as well. You know, my, my kids are a big part of my recovery. I, I have always said, you know, they were the most affected by my active addiction. So I want them to be the most affected by my recovery. And I got to speak at our home group um, two Saturdays ago and all three of them came again and they have come every year right around my birthday. And um, it's just such an honor. Those, those relationships with my kids are 
absolutely the simplest blessing for me to see in recovery is is that mended relationship. You know, relationships that I didn't think I would have when when I was still drinking. Beautiful. Um, what is the um, hardest thing you've gone through in recovery and hmm. to get through it? I would say my first year of sobriety, and not because I struggled with not drinking, but again, we had just moved out here from Chicago. I didn't know anybody. Um, my ex-husband filed for divorce when I was three weeks sober, and all of a sudden I had a bank account drained. I had no job. I had nothing. And I had these three little mouths to feed. And um, so I had to go through a couple, like a parental responsibilities evaluator, substance abuse evaluator, and and fight. He was fighting to take the kids back to Chicago. And so I had to fight with everything that I had just to keep them here. And I ended up with 92% of parenting time. And, and that got filed when I was about nine months sober. Hmm. That was and so, and I remember reading that court paperwork. I remember where I was and it said that I could drink just not within 12 hours of parenting time. And I remember reading that and thinking, see, even the court doesn't think I have that big of a problem. Uh, and then it, I was so glad that that thought came and went as quickly as it did, because I yeah. knew I, I could tell you where I was sitting. Like I was at a crossroads. I thought I could go back to where I was the court. I have paperwork here. Or I can keep going down this road. And I don't know where this road is going to take me, but it's taken me pretty far already. And so I just kept going. And um, then my dad died five days before I had a year of sobriety. He died 35 years sober. Mm. Um, but a big piece of that is that I never knew he was in recovery. I just heard that he was allergic to alcohol. So again, being able to share recovery with my kids um, is is almost a feeling of giving back to my dad. Like I I get to carry his his literature and and all of his coins, and um, so it's important to me for them to hear about sobriety and to see what a better life we all get to live when I'm sober. That's beautiful. And uh, what's the best lesson you've learned in sobriety, and how did it help you? Uh, I would say that nothing ever lasts like that, that feeling of hopelessness, um, even in sobriety, that the really good things and the really hard things aren't going to last forever. So, um, you know, I, I can work through things that are really tough and then I can be grateful of where I am for things that are really good and keep moving. And, and honestly, to give back, you know, I just finished this victim advocate volunteer program, um, with our police department. And it was a really cool process. It was 40 hours of training and background checks back to when I was in like eighth grade. And, and I feel like I get to be of service. I serve on another, I serve on the board of our uh, recovery club, just, you know, being of service is really important to me. And I feel like that is the biggest thing I can give away is, is my time and, and part of my heart. So that's great. So the two important lessons, um, nothing lasts good or bad, um, yeah. keep moving, uh, and, and giving back, uh, which I mm -hmm. think are so important and so important to the program. Thank you so much for being on the show, Thea, and to all our listeners, thank you for your continued support. 
visit us on soberpodcast.com and all places where you find major podcasts, leave us a review, sign up for our mailing list. You will also find the contact information in the show notes for our guest, Say uh, Nelson. This is your host, Jamie Brickhouse. And you can find me on TikTok where I tell a true story in high heels every day. And I am signing out from the Sober Podcast. Tune in for another show next week. See y'all then. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Sober Podcast. We hope that you have found this episode helpful and look forward to you joining us next time. As we continue to grow and implement positive change, we hope that you'll share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. They can find us on all the major podcast directories. If you have an idea for the show, want to leave positive feedback, ideas, or comments, connect with us on thesoberpodcast.com. You can also reach us on our social media platform on The Soberverse. We'd love to hear from you. A special thanks to all those who make this show happen. Jamie Brickhouse, our host, Carrie, our producer, Carl Fessenden, our voice, and our sponsor, The Sober Network.